Hi, everyone. Sorry about the shitty mic quality, but welcome to The Approach with your host, Kyle Kamuna and Patricia Deanna. So how's it going? It's going pretty good. My mic's better than yours, and uh, I got Hogwarts Legacy taking up my time. Mm, are you still Slytherin? Or have you have you finally come to the realization that you're actually Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw? I'm not a Ravenclaw. I thought I was a Gryffindor more than anything because courage. Because like that's something I like to preach all the time. But I also feel like I am a Slytherin, and whenever I do the test... I come out of Slytherin. I think it's because I'm all about results. You know, I'm result oriented, which is Slytherin. I'm results oriented too. I took the test. I feel like Gryffindor, but um, I test Slytherin as well. You are 100% Slytherin. <laughs> you are the epitome of Slytherin, but in denial, just to like seem like you're not Slytherin. Like you would be the person who goes into Ravenclaw just to hide that they're Slytherin, but they would go into the Chambers of Secrets and they would like open that shit up and like, you know, dark arts, you know, things are happening. Let's be real. You're a Taurus. Let's be real. Okay. We know how you operate. You what? are. A Our you son are... is so innocent, by the way. Like we're, <laughs> we're the least yeah. dangerous sign on a normal basis. If you piss us off though, we what will we burn about you. What are we having all those dictators and tyrants? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. We have there. dictators, yeah. but in general, as far as like regular crime, domestic violence, all this stuff, people that will hurt you on a daily basis. We ain't one of those. We're not going to like, we don't do yeah, you're passion. We're not like that. No, that's we Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff will do things out of like, you know, like that are not huge. It's just like, oh, it's small little crimes here and there just to get by and like do things for the people. You're not like that. You no. do big things behind closed doors and then you plan and then you like execute. You're oh, like, yeah. the moment hey. you burn me, I am plotting your demise. Yeah. I'm going to make you suffer. I'm going to make you wish you never uh, dreamed of fucking me over. You sound like a Slytherin, I think. <laughs> um, I think I made my point. I rest my case. It's done. Oh, I'm <laughs> totally. And by the way, as a Slytherin who is in denial about my my Slytherinness, why am I attracted to Gryffindor even though I know I would go perfectly with another Slytherin? Oh, I'm totally into Gryffindor as well. It's like I hate this. I know that Slytherin is right for me, but for some reason I just like want that Gryffindor heart and personality so bad. Yeah. I just need to go be with my people. Here's the thing. I'm always in like, do, am I in Slytherin or Gryffindor? Because I'm results oriented, but I know that the way to get the result is through courage. Yes. So, I know. It, so like, I'm always in, I'm like, am I, am I, am I and I'm very courageous and brave, by the way, like, especially yeah. as a woman. Why do you have to do that every time? Just like you are brave, you know, just as a human. The reason I say that is because women are brave. I'm not saying that women don't have bravery or courage. However, <laughs> okay. When, when tested, like when I do uh physical um, obstacle courses or team building or something like that, I have no problems taking the reins and leading and doing, going for something first or trying something new or uh, putting myself out there. Um, unlike 
when I'm in like groups of women where they're like, oh, no, no, you do it, you do it. And I'm like, move. (laughs) So that's why I'm not, I'm not saying that women are brave. I've seen a ton of brave women. It's just that like when I tend to be in groups of women or in groups where there are women, I always stand out as brave, courageous. I've noticed that about me with men as well. Like when I'm in a group of men. Yeah, but you're a Capricorn. I'm very like, <laughs> I don't want to use the word. You know, the funny thing is I, I was about to use the word alpha, but the way people describe me, like, especially I don't know, the people that I've talked to recently is big dick energy. And I oh. wonder if that's their term for alpha energy. It's like, oh, he's got BDE. Yeah, like, that's yeah. Yeah. You got big dick energy. Yeah. Big <laughs> energy. I have big energy. I, was just <laughs> I don't have big anything, but big, big energy. Oh my goodness. I hope we can actually upload this episode this week. Oh, we will. Give me one. Oh, give me, give me 10 seconds. I'm going to run, come back. Okay. No problem. I thought you were going to do like elevator music or something. Oh, I should have, but I, my, my watch beat me and told me that um, somebody has gone onto my brand new website that I just launched this week that I'm really excited about. So for, for ballet, for bar or what? For bar. So I la- launched my bar exercise, uh, equal poise. Um, it's been a long time coming. This is probably the, <laughs> the longest I've ever taken to build a website. Um, and honestly, it was just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I finally got to meet with somebody who um, was advising me and um, we were able to collaborate and come up with um, some physical and tangible steps to take. And oh my goodness, I feel like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> hey, it's so nice. It's so nice. So if anybody's interested, you can go to Equal Poise Bar dot com or just look up equal poise bar and google you don't have to spell it correctly it'll probably come up but i'm um very excited i created a bar method that will help you improve your quality of life and your posture and hopefully the way you feel i gotta get back on it when i stayed with with you my posture was getting better and then when i left it started to go back it's okay you know you know i will patch you right up um just you know i love shaping and um and basically structuring bodies it's it's my calling in life um but i've been making friends i've been like i i don't know what's going on i mean i i started meditating right Mm -hmm. more consistently Mm -hmm. um and like 25 minutes at a time and I started doing the candle meditation for about five to 10 minutes, by the way, Amazing. highly recommend, highly recommend, please do this guys. Cause it really, it really does. It, it sounds simple, but it really does allow you to focus and it expands your world. Like it keeps you like, like from just going to those little tiny uh, negative thoughts, those uh, ruminating thoughts. Oh, I feel so much better. Um, like I went to salsa last night. I didn't, I wore like a sweater that wasn't, you know, fitted at all. Uh, I wasn't wearing any makeup and wow, that was interesting. Uh, it was very like men, 
were still very interested and attracted, which was kind of helping me get rid of a limiting belief because I wanted to go out and not try to validate myself with outside sources and just like enjoy myself. And I was able to connect better and more deeply with people. Yeah. So the candle meditation is all about like focusing your light, like your focus and actually projecting appreciation, love, and just good energy. Um, and you remember that course that, that I had you listen to the untethered soul that was mm-hmm. talking about how, like who's up there and it's like this light and you get to shed that light and whatever you shed on it, you know, you know, you, it's what you're looking at. I find that before I do this meditation, my light is so dim. And when I do this meditation, my light is on like super on, and then it's magnetic and people can sense it. And it doesn't matter what you look like, what you're wearing, how much makeup, they can feel your energy and they're magnetized to you. That's the craziest thing. Like I've been getting told like in public by people that I don't know, strangers are coming up to me and telling me how attractive I am. And I'm like, you know, I'm just standing in line, not doing anything, just being there. And it, it's crazy. Uh, I like I met two women yesterday at uh, Sephora. I met a woman today at Best Buy. Um, salsa last night was great. It was really cool. I got to meet all kinds of people, men and women. And uh, yeah, I feel so much healthier. Like I cannot. Um, this I I would, should have never stopped meditating in the first place. <laughs> I don't think I was trying to stop, but like it's the benefits of meditating far outweigh almost any other health thing I can think of, like, because it's so, it's so powerful. Like one day, you know, you're like, okay, fine. Two days, big deal. Three days. And all of a sudden, like, there's like changes that are happening all around you. And you're like, what happened? I was miserable two days ago. I need to get back on it. Like I've been back on it technically in the last like couple of weeks. I used to meditate every day so strictly. And I don't know, sometimes life just takes a hold of me and I, and I forget to do it. But right now I'm just telling myself five minutes a day just so I can get myself to do it. Um, and I've been doing five minutes for the last like couple of weeks. And I, even even just that, there has been change. But I definitely... I definitely want to up it to at least 20 minutes, but I'm going to start five then 10. And when I'm meditating, you know, I used to, I used to sit there and be like, are we done? How much time is left? Like, and I'd like open my, I'm like, can we go? Can we go? And now because I have such a busy life and I really don't have any moments to myself, this is like this, this 20 minutes, this five minutes is time for me to not have to worry or think or care about anything. Just let go. So, and that when, when I'm busy, I'm like, okay, I just want to stay here. I just want to stay here for like a little bit longer. And I've had, I've had some of the best moments in my life doing that candle meditation. Like I actually have, like, I've had like, you know, when you look back, you know, when you look back in your memories and you have this one memory where you're like, oh, like I felt amazing. And like, that was so romantic or you maybe that kiss or that, that view or whatever. I had that very intensely staring at a flame. I have not experienced that, but I'm excited about it because I can feel that intensity coming. Yeah. Um, I 
am, I hate to say this, I don't know any other way to say this, but I'm falling in love with myself again. Like it's, I'm, I know, right? It sounds so gross. No, I love it. <laughs> but it's like I can finally see who I am uh, and not for the value that I bring. Like it's just me. I don't need anything else. Like it's just showing up. I, I used to lead with value. I used to like, and I caught myself, like there was uh, this girl that I saw and I was like, oh, I'd be cool like to be friends with her. And just as I was about to like offer her some ridiculous amount of value to like get her interested in me, I was like, wait a minute, I don't need to do it. <laughs> like I, I like actually caught myself like pausing. So like my habits are changing too. Yeah, I've heard you meditate by the way. And your meditation is so magnetic. It's so gravitational. Like I can feel your gravitational pull when you're actually meditating. I don't know if that's just because you've been doing it for a while or if it's because you like, I, I don't know what, why it is, but like, if anybody ever gets to be in a group with you meditating, they will actually feel your, <laughs> your Like, when did you, when did you hear me meditate? There was one time you were here and you were doing a meditation and I could literally feel your energy like pulling. Hmm. I was like, wait, it made me calm down. I was like, oh, well, let me just quiet my mind for a moment. So I don't interrupt his thoughts. <laughs> I, I mean, when I was, when I was younger, I got really into meditation and I would go into different temples, like in, in Vancouver, I'm not going to like <laughs> India or anything like that, I'll go to temples, but just like going to different temples in Vancouver to try out like different meditations and one of my favorite ones was in a Sufi mosque. So it's like a branch of Islam that also is connected to Buddhism and spirituality. It's so it, it, honestly, like my family comes from a Muslim background. So it, to me, it was like really odd. I was like, whoa, this exists. And the guy pointed out that this sign, like putting your thumb and your index finger together, like when you're meditating, mm -hmm. that if you look at it is how, god is spelled in arabic and mm. when i looked at it i was like i was like dude it, it is i was like that's crazy but anyways they taught a form of meditation that was with like certain stones and i started doing that on my own but then also found different kinds of meditations but nowadays when i meditate obviously i do the basic thing of following my breath and feeling my body but i actually try to like focus like a vibration into my third eye or like into like my prefrontal cortex is what I actually think it is not really my third eye but my prefrontal cortex and I connect my tongue to the roof of my mouth and I just like I make this vibration like so so but it's like very quiet and it and it makes this part of my head kind of shake and mm -hmm. for some reason when I'm done um it's easy for me to focus like it's easy for me to like be very sharp and, and be intuitive to me, this is like very, like me, even me explaining it, I'm hearing myself and it sounds so hippy dippy. It, I know it doesn't sound hippy dippy. I know I get self-conscious about explaining things like this too. Please yeah. keep explaining it. Cause somebody is going to hear it, but uh, it, me, me, me is the person that's going <laughs> to keep going. <laughs> no, but like, I, I was super into that stuff and then I kind of swayed away from it. But to me, meditation and all this is like, is very practical. It's all really about sharpening your focus and sharpening your light.
um, and being as present as you can. But yeah, it's there, you know what it's a, uh, a benefit I'm 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 getting is um so I've been learning to enjoy the pain. That's like it's it's hard to explain that when you are in pain and you don't want to be in pain. Mm-hmm. But like I've been learning to like really just enjoy the emotion. It, it's like I spent so much of my life trying to avoid heartbreak. Yeah. I spent so much of my life trying to avoid um embarrassment, humiliation, all of those negative emotions. All just so much of my life, literally all of my 20s, <laughs> all of my 20s, most of my 30s trying to avoid all of this stuff. And I tried to make myself into a superhuman, like into this robotic person. And so when I got treated like a robot or treated like a person with no feelings, it hurt. It like, it like broke my heart. And I didn't realize that, um, before this year, I hadn't really had my heart broken in like, 15 years. That's a long time to go without heartbreak. You know, like not that everybody should experience heartbreak every 15 years, but I remember making promises to myself that I would, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in all the way. I wouldn't like go as deeply. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't try. And then uh, in 2022, I made the opposite. I was like, I want to feel things. I actually want to like be a human again and see what that's like. And yeah, it was like messy and chaotic and like all over the place. And, but I like really enjoyed it. <laughs> like I really enjoyed being human. Now, obviously, you know, with, with each experience, we kind of learn to, to move forward and shape ourselves into what we want to be. Um, you know, like how we're going forward, like obviously the 22, 2022 version of me is not going to be the 2023 version of me. I will have evolved in certain ways, but I'm so much more clear on how I want to evolve because I got to be messy, a, a thing that I would never allow myself to be. Um, even, you know, like, and the only person that was affected for the most part was me. Um, and I absolutely would not change anything for the world. (laughs) It's like learning to enjoy not having to behave perfectly. Like I was so well behaved for so long and all it did was cause me like further, um, like just numbing numbness mm. so i don't know enjoying the pain learn to enjoy the pain whatever that means for me like it brings up two things um the first one would be like stoicism and it's funny because whenever i hear people talk about stoicism i i don't feel like people actually understand it and maybe i have my own understanding of it it's for me, I, I've read Marcus Aurelius mostly, and there's definitely other people who practice stoicism, but there is one chapter. And I read this when I was in the hospital in a lot of pain. Um, and it was talking about pain 
It was talking about pain versus suffering and how pain happens in the moment and suffering happens in your mind. And it takes the pain and it blows it up. It makes it go a hundred times stronger, a thousand times stronger. And I was there in the hospital under a lot of pain. And my mind was going crazy. Like, fuck, this sucks. I hate this. Why am I here? Like, uh, why me? Why? Uh, all these questions that would make me dwell on the pain and make it expand and go crazy. And in the chapter, he was talking about how I think like the samurai, maybe he was talking about the samurai. That was a different book, but he was talking about how if he gets his arm cut off in battle, that he will breathe and acknowledge it and be present with that happening. Not, oh my God, my arm got cut off. Oh my God, what do I got to do? Oh my goodness. And then make that pain go even deeper and go crazy. Right. So when when I read that, I spent, I, I felt like I spent months in the hospital just meditating where it was like I was breathing in the pain and being present with it. And what ended up happening is the pain got mitigated. I was just feeling it for what it was instead of feeling what it made my thoughts do, you know, right. which expand the emotion. So that's one thing is like stoicism where, you know, you feel everything, you know, that's the thing. Like, I feel like people think stoicism is about like being like, I'm, I'm a tough man. I'm not going to feel anything. I'm, I'm that's, that is not stoicism. That is literally the opposite of stoicism. A stoic man feels everything in the moment. Right. So right. That's, that's one thing. And the other thing is like Eckhart Tolle, um, where he talks about pain bodies and how pain is actually one of the best tools and one of the best anchors to keep you in the present moment. It's like a constant, it's like your breath, right? You got your breath that's anchored in the present moment, but that's basically it. Other than that, you got pain. So you can let pain go, make your thoughts go crazy, or you can use that pain to anchor you in the moment. And then you start to feel it and it, you know, mitigates, it dissipates, or I don't know what the word is anymore. I'm gone. My brain's gone. <laughs> so on that note, um, I actually have this, I was hoping that in like the last relationship I was in that I would get to do this, but I realized that, you know, you know, circumstances just didn't make it happen or allow it to happen. Um, I have a fantasy of actually getting into an argument. I have not been in an argument with a significant other ever. Shut the fuck up. I'm not kidding. Like ever. I've never been in an argument with a significant other. And I like, you see what I mean? Like so much of my life was so carefully crafted. I was able to find tools to allow me to like, out of things. And I was just like thinking about it earlier this week. And I was like, man, it would be really good to just tell the unmitigated, just unfiltered truth and like yell. And uh, that would be so much fun. I mean, <laughs> obviously you don't want to pick a fight about, I mean, yeah, I kind of want to pick a fight about nothing, you know? <laughs> I honestly, I, I get worried if I never fight with my partner. And I also get bored. You should. I get bored. I'm like. I realize, like, I'm realizing now how silly of a choice that was that I made, but it was also, I'm a product of divorced children or divorced um, parents 
who, um, when, you know, they didn't start fighting until they got a divorce. So to me, fighting meant that the relationship was going to end. They didn't mm. fight up until the very end of their relationship. Wow. So, um, and it was like really nasty. Um, and I didn't, you know, like, I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I want to be one of those people that says we never fight. Don't no. be one of those people fight. Oh my, especially because yeah, look, look, you're right. I am a Taurus. I'm very good at fighting. I love to fight. Like I love a good fight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I cannot wait to get into an argument with a significant other. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't trust. I don't trust someone I can't fight with. Like if, if you're telling me that you're a human and I'm a human and we're in a relationship together and you agree with everything that's happening all the time that I'm thinking and doing, then you're, you are not being honest with me. Oh, we, that's not I, how it went. That's, I didn't agree with everything that w- was happening. It's just that I learned to either just silence myself completely that's what I'm saying. or change the subject or um, try to use the empathy to see their way, to see their point of view. Yeah. So that right. I could not necessarily agree, but say, hey, we'll agree to disagree. So boring. Get it out. Get out of the frustration. I mean, especially during the pandemic, you're like in. Oh my God. Cabin fever. Perfect time to fight. Dude, there was no way to escape fighting for me in during the pandemic. I was stuck uh with this girl in Montreal, couldn't leave, and we were just always fighting. I've never had that happen like i've argued with partners before but not to that level it was pretty intense to be honest and i think it was maybe because we were both arab (laughs) it was like like it's part of our culture to just argue about shit your people are strong your people are real real strong (laughs) i don't know about that i don't know if it's strength like i don't know if that's strength like when i think of someone being i'm talking about yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, when I hear about someone getting angry or arguing, I imagine a baby crying because people start to yell or get angry when they feel powerless in a conversation, which is like a baby crying. He feels powerless. He doesn't know what to do. So that is like the expression. Like when I'm arguing, I actually, well, if I stop, I'm like, yeah, I do feel powerless right now. I feel maybe threatened or I need to defend myself or that you're not hearing me or, or something, but there's a, there's a sense of powerlessness whenever someone gets angry. Mm. Um, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I can agree with that. Um, Why do you like my paper? I'm, I enjoy anger so much. Like, I think as a Taurus, I just enjoy I enjoy feeling angry, but I don't always express it. Usually I use it to go plot your demise, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I definitely operate in anger quite a bit. Yeah. Like, I operate in that energy and I don't know how I feel about that. Actually, um, there's a great book. I think I told you about this, uh, The Upside of Your Dark Side you're not the only one and we're not the only ones that operate like anger is used in several other cultures that are not of the West, that they believe happiness is not really much better than any other emotion. They think they're all useful. Um, and they find that actually a lot more people are less productive when they're too happy. Mm. 
Like, I mean, if you really think about it, because I know one of the things I was annoyed by with being in, in love is that you're just like, ah, oh, like it, it just takes so much of your brain space that you can't really function as well as you would versus anger really gets you to like it's if you think about anger, I mean, anger is supposed to focus you. Usually when you're angry, you're about to go to war. You're you're defending your family. You're trying to fight for resources. You need anger. Anger is a great focusing emotion versus happiness. Happiness is like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's content. Everything's taken care of. You're comfortable. Being yeah, on dis like experiencing discomfort is what gets you to grow and be more productive. I, I agree. And I, I think anger has served me where it's gotten me to start taking action, but it, it also um, hurts me quite a bit if I stay in that energy. Oh, yeah. Like you I don't want to stay there. <laughs> I, need to, I need to move. And there's an emotional chart um, that, that I, I think that it's from a book called Maps of Consciousness, and it goes over like different energies and different paradigms. And anger is like it, it tells you how much energy you have in each paradigm like sadness might have like a score of 50 and anger has a score of 150 and courage has a score of 400 so there's like different elements there and i find it really interesting because the highest element you can't access if you're stuck in your thoughts like if you're attached to your ego and your thoughts you can't access that energy because that energy almost doesn't make any sense to the point where I can't explain it here. And I'm like, why did I bring it up? <laughs> no, it's it because I'm I know what you're you're getting at. I, yeah. I get it. And those of those of the listeners that are kind of in that world uh will start to understand it. And I think you know, you mentioned Et Cartole um as a you know, power of now. Please read that book. It is so awesome. <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's wonderful along with um some others on that spiritual journey where you're just trying to um you're trying to be human like you're trying to be the like the most human that you could possibly be i know um i've been uh watching videos from aaron dotty i think this is his last name dowdy or something like that anyways was super super helpful as far as like guide like guiding and understanding why meditation, trying to understand what you are energetically as a human, trying to understand that your outer world is a reflection of what's inside. Big deal. <laughs> Big deal. If you want, like all the things that you want out here are really like caked up in, on the inside. But I mean, I know when I feel chaotic, yeah. My whole world just like goes into a tornado. And um, when I feel and I and I, I actually mostly operate in calmness. So when I feel chaotic, I am just like, oh, no, oh, no, it's time to meditate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I know. I'm like, get back. You're anxious. You're anxious. You're anxious. <laughs> uh, I feel so good. Oh, my gosh. I feel. Uh, Guys, meditate. This is yeah. This oh, is that what we're talking guide. about. We're talking about meditating right now. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm probably sound obsessed with it, and I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm doing it at a reasonable rate. No, you uh, should be obsessed with it. It's a good thing to be obsessed about. It is a good thing to yeah. be obsessed with. Please, guys. Like, I'm so serious. If you've never done it before, it's going to be hard at first. It's going to feel like nothing. 
but um, you can use like um, apps that are great, Calm, Headspace. My favorite is actually one called Sentuition. It's spelled S-Y-N-C-T-I something. All right. <laughs> but anyway, I, I yeah. like, huh? I tried apps like, and, I, and the one that I've liked is waking up. But to be honest, all those apps felt like they had a ceiling for me. Like they didn't let me enter like true meditation. So those to me are like a crutch. And it's, I mean, I feel bad saying that because I know it's, it helps a lot of people. And that to me is what you should do if you're not meditating at all. But if you're really interested in it, that's the starting position. And then you should do your own research on how to meditate on your own. Because oh, definitely. the depth. Like, you it's can training wheels. Yeah. It's training wheels. And what I like about Sentuition is that they don't want you to stay on the app. They have different levels. You start at level one, you get to a level eight. By the time you're at level eight, you're able to take in quiet. You can do quiet on your own. You do not have to, um, you know, depend on music or depend on like a sound or whatever, but they do use 3D sounds so that you become more present with your mind and you can get into your body. By the way, it feels so good to be back in my body. I can actually feel things again, like in different places. I don't have my mojo back yet. (laughs) (laughs) I do not have my mojo back yet, but like I can actually feel my heart again, which is nice. Yeah, I, I I need to start exercising again. I've been, my health has been up and down. Like I think I'm doing well. And then one day I'm like, fuck, I can't go to sleep. Like I'm having a lot of pain. So I'm not sure what to do right now. I'm thinking I might just start exercising and that might actually help my body feel better. We'll I think it will. Because uh, right now it just, it's just too much. But yeah, and I want you to get good at the bachata so you can dance bachata with I'm so I've lost uh I've lost motivation for all of that stuff just because the teacher in Vancouver sucks. One of my friends teaches. I might go to him when he's back. But yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of just living. I'm gonna see what calls to me next. I don't wanna I don't wanna force anything. Yeah, I don't force anything is gonna come up. Yeah, I'm um I'm I'm definitely taking dance as like my outlet a lot more seriously cuz before I was just kind of like playing around with it, but I like came across a group last night that I mean, not that I necessarily would join them as a friend group. They were really cool and I'd love to hang out with them more, but um I loved their vibes. Like dancer vibes really cool like I'm sorry let me be specific salsa bachata dancer vibes I'm, other dances I'm not I don't really get with them so much but it was just nice to like be on a similar wavelength with somebody like they just get the kinesthetic mm-hmm. feeling the fact that you can connect so deeply without saying a word yeah okay I need to get into something so last week I went to a taboo convention and I we had so much fun. There was obviously there was like stripping, there was like pole classes, there was uh shows going on, drag, there were sex shops everywhere, dildos, <laughs> vibrators. And my favorite, like the my favorite moment was this person was giving away like these like whips kind of thing. And um yeah, he showed he was I was like, What's your business? And he's like, We we make sex dungeons, we make sex rooms. And I looked at the sex room and I looked around. I'm like, this is nice. I want one. And I'm and I'm like, I bet you I have 
the resources and I have the people that I can build this without them and for way cheaper. Cause I was asking him how much this costs, how much that costs. And it was reasonable, but still expensive. And they've been doing it for 22 years. So they've had, but like they, their following isn't huge. And it, I was like, why don't they have any followers? And I think it's cause they do interior design, interior design. And that's just like another outlet, but I have so many friends that are into that stuff and like people that could help me build one. And I'm thinking about, I'm going to build a sex dungeon in my second bedroom. I'm going to turn that pole room into a sex room. And then I'm going to use that as a showroom and maybe, uh, start something there. But that yeah, sounds I, awesome. I got like um, super excited. So, um, on that note, there is a, an app, uh, it's not a dating app. It's like a hookup app, but it's for the emotionally nope. mature called yield. Yeah. And that's F E E L D. Have you heard of it? Yeah. I said field like seven times. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah. your mic didn't come through, so I didn't hear it. I've used it when I was in a poly partnership, maybe five years ago, but that's when the app like just came out and it wasn't as good, but I have a few poly clients and I always recommend that app and they've met a few people through it. I'm actually not using it right now. And I, I think I should, I don't know why I'm not using it. Um, yeah. I met somebody who told me about it and I was like, Oh, I got to tell Cal about this. I wonder if he he's heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't tell me about this stuff. It was like very interesting. Um, it seems to have like a, a high level of emotional maturity with its users. Um, it has to, because huh? all these, everyone that's using it is either open or entering some open relationship. Like, uh, like if you have a profile and I have a girlfriend who also has a profile, we connect our profiles together. Right. Yeah. And then you get this and you entering this kind of situation, you have to be emotionally mature. You have to have a lot of your shit together. And if you don't, you will definitely face it where you have to acquire it. Okay. So, um, I was also told by a friend, by the way, I am, like I said, making a lot of friends, which is really cool. Like building a life in LA again, it's nice to be out in the world, but I, I was having lunch with the, that same friend that told me about the app. And he said to me, he goes, I think you might be demisexual. Have you heard of that term before? Yeah, it's been very on the surface lately. I've been hearing it everywhere lately. Okay, so I actually kind of want to debate this term because I don't think it's necessarily legit. I think this is just being a woman. But the term demisexual basically is a person who doesn't want to have sex with anyone that they're not, they're not emotionally connected to. It is being a woman. It really okay, is. And, thank and, I, you. And, I, and the thing is, I've actually, I've never said that but I've thought that every single time that it's come up and it's always been women that told me that or guys who are full of shit. <laughs> no, no offense. No, I actually, I, I met and dated somebody who was demisexual. He didn't know that he was demisexual, but like I could tell, like he definitely needs that emotional yeah. connection before doing anything. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is like, for me, like I said earlier, like, oh, I feel like I'm pansexual. But at the same time, like I need that emotional part so that I can enjoy sex more and right. go deeper. So I think all this is true to, to everybody, but there's certain things that are priority. 
Right. Uh, and, and some of us are aware of those priorities and some of us aren't. For me, when I started dating, looks was number one. And I think as a man, that's my default to have looks be number one. But when abundance is achieved, that kind of goes down on the list when you can achieve looks. Looks are, you know, abundant. But now you're looking at more deeper things like personality and, and that emotional capacity. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely think women are more prone to just automatically be demisexual. Um, but yeah, I think I think we just love labels to help people understand us quickly so we don't have to explain things all the time. And yeah, I think- but I feel like it's the labeling can confuse miss a lot of other things. Um, for example, like yeah, I, I obviously need an, an emotional connection before I want to get sexual with anybody. I've never really looked at a photo of a guy or a video of a man um, that's not in my presence and gone, oh my God, I have to have sex with him. I might like enjoy the view and go, wow, he's good looking, but I like, there's nothing going on with me. Like I actually have to feel him and his energy in order for that to, um, to, to work. But at the same time, this doesn't mean that you don't actually experience like arousal or um, any type of like outside, you know, like sexuality, or you don't have fantasies or that you're just like this boring person that you have to get to know, like, like on a super, super, super deep level. Like I, I'm sure I could probably have a one night stand or like a fling or something and be fine as a person. But it's like, I feel like labels like this can limit you and put you in a box when you don't, when we're, we should be always working to not be in a box. I I agree. But I also think that labeling also helps you get to the point quicker. So for me to tell someone that I'm pansexual helps them understand what the dynamic of our relationship would look like. It kind of like gets to the point faster. And I feel like girls saying to guys that they're demisexual isn't a bad thing because guys sometimes think that girls think like guys subconsciously. I don't think they think this consciously, but they, they almost assume that they have the same drive. I don't know if that's exactly right, but it's more like, I, I I lost my thought, but so um, you're saying you said guys think that girls think like guys where, where it's like, oh, I'm not hot enough. And I'm like, OK, like that's not the biggest factor. Right. Looks isn't the biggest factor. Like girls care about that emotional aspect. And I think girls saying, hey, I'm demisexual and I need that emotional part just highlights it for guys to focus on. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I think it also may, might intimidate guys where they think that the girl's not interested at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like I actually had a date a couple of weeks ago where she, a girl told me that she was demisexual. And in my head, I was like, are you saying that you need a couple of, like in my head, like the the honest thought, the the, the male honest thought was like, so are you saying you need a couple of more dates? <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> right. But we ended up, you know, having sex that night. It was like, it was fine. Nothing really changed. but it was interesting that she felt like she needed to say that to me, you know? Well, I mean, she was probably just letting you know that like she wasn't going to do anything 
without the emotional connection maybe Mm -hmm. you know like that's if I ever brought it up uh with anybody it would be because I want them to know like hey it's not you it's just me like bonding more um or needing to bond more um so out of curiosity since you brought it up you're like that was the first date that you had with her or sex happened Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the long, how many, how, what's the maximum amount of dates you personally will go on before sex? What is, what do you mean? <laughs> Wait, like, like what, where's the number? So if you meet somebody, you like them, you're into them, you're, you're connected. They're not into sex right now, but you're just like having an amazing time. And, you know, like, uh, they're just in, like, you're just vibing right there's mojo there there's all that you have the chemistry but that demisexual person needs more dates how many dates do you wait i i don't know how to answer fully um well you can use past examples if you want well like the thing is most of the time it it happens on the first or second date um i don't i think I'm able to bring myself to the table where, you know, they know who they're dealing with. They can feel me. I can feel them. So maybe that stuff happens quicker. But if like, if I was to like ask myself how many dates and I'm actually vibing with a person, everything's on and just sex didn't happen. I, I would go on as many dates as I, I would need to, if I actually felt that way. But most of the time, if I, if sex doesn't happen, uh, you know, I, it's probably because I wasn't feeling that way. Because when I do feel like like that, when I feel that intense emotion and everything like that, like things usually go in that direction pretty fast. Um, yeah. Sucks. Oh man, it sucks for us sometimes because just generally, like even though, like I have very strong sexual energy, very strong sexual energy. It will never be as strong as any man that I've met, ever met. Testosterone is crazy. I know, but like, it's, it's unfair because my sexual energy is super potent. Like the purest kind that you can find. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but it's very strong, but it's true. Like you can't, like, we can't really move you the way you can move us. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, no, you can. I mean, like, there's. Of course, we can, but like, it. You have no idea how much energy it actually takes for us to to get that from you. Uh-huh. We can seduce. We can try to seduce. I mean, like, seduction at... is a feminine art. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, but I... I'm saying, like, if that you guys have to have. If you're off, like if the if that switch is off, we can't turn it on. Yeah, but we yeah. That but, has to be within yourself. <laughs> within ourselves, but the environment and the people definitely help trigger that. Right. Like well, we yeah. we're like damn energy and then boom on. Right. But sometimes I'm just not there. You know, sometimes I'm not present. Sometimes I'm not feeling myself. Then I'd be like, B, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. Um, yeah, but honestly, like if, if I felt that way about somebody and they didn't want to have sex, I don't think it would be a a big deal to me. Um, until like, if it takes time for them, but that's like, if I felt that way about them, 
but it's rare. Like I find that if I'm attracted to someone and this might seem very crazy to people, but I'm going to say it anyway, it's never stopped me. <laughs> but if I, if I'm attracted to someone and they're attracted to me, usually sex will happen. Like if, if there's, if we're isolated, if we're alone, me and her, and we don't have sex in like four hours, then we're probably not into each other. <laughs> like, that's like my train of thought. It's like, there's probably no chemistry there. But usually if I spend like a few hours with someone and I'm isolated and we're both attracted to each other, to me, sex happens naturally. Like I don't have to force it. Like my body and her body usually just finds a way for it to happen. And maybe it's just my assumption of sex being so easy that makes it so. And it's just like a belief that I carry. But, and I didn't think like that always, but now I do. And I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You might just be with, you have very strong mojo. Like I remember the first night I met you and I was like, it's kind of the purest stuff I've ever come across. I have found other stuff. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be you jealous. Don't to, you don't have to like insult me in the same breath. You can just like keep it positive. <laughs> I was just quite, like it, you have you have, a, you have a lot of sexual energy. It's very strong, and also it's very freeing. Like you're like I find that um, when when men have this type of energy, like a, like a salsa night or just out in uh, any type of nightlife setting uh, where a lot of mojo is completely appropriate. It is so much fun to be around you guys. Like we, like we we're addicted. We cannot get enough. We're just like, oh my God, it's just so much fun. It's just so hot. And it's like easy just to like allow yourself to be in your feminine and have a lot of fun. Um, however, so many men, and it's not their fault. They're very uncomfortable. Um, so like when I come across a guy that like has no sexual shame, oh, holy moly. I am so excited for him. I'm just like, I bet you pull a lot of girls. <laughs> do you want me to help wing you? <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> it's funny when I'm in a, when I'm at a club or somewhere where the music is, whatever, it's not like salsa or bachata, just anything. And I dance and I don't dance anything specific. I just do whatever I want to do. Yeah. I have a lot of fun. I tap into that energy very well. But when I go to bachata class or salsa class, because I don't know what I'm doing, my head is not present. I'm not in mojo mode. I'm in yet. what the fuck? What? Oh, this step. Okay. And then spin. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Just because you're in your head. I mean, it's going to take a, a while. Um, I mean, if you learned ballroom the way that I did, I feel like you would be here. Uh, literally, they put us in a room uh, for like five or six hours and taught us like five or well, six different dances. And we just had to rehearse those dances over and over and over and over and over again. And then we go back to the same room the next day, do it again, five or six hours. Da, 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 da. And then when we started learning the foundations of these dances, like where they came from, derived from, same thing, throw you into a room. You learn, like you absorb the history. You're like super connected to all the other partners and stuff. And we dance um, lead follow. So you can dance with another woman, dance with another man, and then switch like one uh, two dances you'll be lead and then the next two dances you'll be follow and so like that. you're you're jumping in and out of realities and it makes you so comfortable like it forces you to not think it forces I would love to do that because like the dance classes that I've been to have been 
like too many people with not enough instruction and the instructors are to me honestly careless and they don't care they're just here to have fun um and it's just like a place to mingle and okay i get it that's a good pro and guys you should definitely do it but i don't need that right now i'm literally trying to go to a dance class to learn how to dance and i'm not getting that and it actually pisses me off so i like if i could go to a class that was only like 10 people or like 12 people and the instruction it's like every week and the instructor is good and we spend few hours doing it that would be a dream like that'd be like going back to hogwarts <laughs> honestly like that was actually what i was going to suggest um do a workshop not at a not at a salsa club but at a at a studio to go to a studio sign up for a six-week workshop where they only allow at max um, like 20 to 24 students or something like that. And it's usually half leads, half follows. Those are great. Like the men that come out of those workshops are my favorite to dance with. They're so comfortable in their own bodies. I got to find that. But listen, like the class that I took was a workshop. It was a studio. But the thing is, it's the guy is con connected to the club and he just like gets everyone into the club after. So you get people who want to mingle um and it's it's yeah I, I might have to find a new studio yeah uh, find it find a studio that's a that is limits they they've good instruction and they limit the amount of students that are allowed in there and uh yeah also if they do um because the the studio i'm thinking about signing up with they do what is it social saturdays so they just open the studio up to other dance other students that are dancing there. It's not just like open to the public that will help you believe it or not. Um, because that's what, like I said, that was the experience that I had where it was just other dancers that were learning this type of choreography, this type of rhythm, this type of whatever. And we had to let go. Like you, you stop thinking with your, your head and your feet and you start like just moving at, I, and I do lead and follow, like I can lead someone and I can follow someone and whoo, two different skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good for people. I, I wish more um, people who were interested in dance would take lead and follow. It's so good. It's so good for you as a person. Yeah. No, it's, it's good because it helps you understand what they're experiencing and what you're supposed to make them feel. Right. Um, yeah. I remember when I was taking my classes in Mexico, the classes were smaller and I took one-on-ones and yeah, he, he made me follow him a couple of times when I wasn't getting a movement and it really helped me understand how I was supposed to make her feel yeah but yeah I'm definitely going to look into it when I'm done playing Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy um <laughs> hashtag my days are gone um no they're not you're fine no I'm so happy right now like literally I feel like a kid I feel like it like I feel like I'm tapped into like my five-year-old self watching uh Harry Potter with my mom on repeat like six times and my mom just like so happy that I found something I like <laughs> yeah I'm I'm happy too but for other reasons I'm just happy to be back in my body you have no idea I missed her I missed her so much you you honestly inspired me I'm gonna like after this call I already meditated today but I'm gonna meditate again and I'm gonna do a 20 minute meditation I'm gonna yeah. do the candle meditation I clean my room um and put like some candles in certain areas so I'm gonna use those candles for that meditation it's in a perfect spot and i think we should end on that note i think that's I a think great that's a note to end on yeah don't hate guys don't hate meditate <laughs> don't hate meditate <laughs>
Don't masturbate. Meditate. Don't <laughs> self-medicate. Meditate. Meditate and be present. All right. Well, love you guys. Bye, humans. We'll see you next week. Bye.